This is episode 30 of Hoops Forum, a production of Radius Athletics and a Quick Timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again this week by my co-host, Randy Sherman. Thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. Right now, they're offering several options on team packs, including one for under $100. Includes a jersey, shorts, tee, and a backpack. To find out more about what 323 Sports can do for your sports program, just email sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports program. This is the third episode in our series on the pack line defense. Last week, we discussed the finer points of closeouts as well mm-hmm. as ball screen defense. By the way, you can go back and watch the full episodes of that on Radius Athletics. Just search Radius Athletics on YouTube. Randy, welcome back. You ready yeah. to talk some more pack line defense? Let's do it, man. It's been fun. It's a subject that I've had to learn because I didn't have a lot of experience coaching it, but I feel like an expert after these three uh, sessions. So let's go. Today, we're going to dig into post-defense, as has been the case in this series. We're using a lot of visuals, so we've had some presentations with each of the episodes that have some teaching bullet points, some game film, as also also some drills and some small-sided games for you to use with your teams. So if by chance you're just listening to this episode, you may want to go back and watch parts of it there, like we talked about on the YouTube page. Randy, I, I know defense is an important part post-defense is mm-hmm. an important part to any defensive system. Kind of though, I feel like maybe within the pack line, it, it maybe is even a little bit more important. And in regards to the bigs and the forwards, like we saw last week with the ball screen defense, it just feels like they're more involved and it's part of the system that if you don't do it well, you can really get burned. Yeah, I agree. I think the the defense's uh, main tenant is to sort of take away the easy shots from an opponent and the posts play a major role. The post defenders play a major role in that and, and executing what they're coached to do perfectly is a big task and they have to be active and mobile and strong and physical and willing to sort of do some hard things. So I agree hundred percent. Let me go ahead and slide over here to the presentation. There's really four things that we want to talk about today. We'll go through each of these on their own. But just to kind of introduce them, Randy, why don't you kind of talk through these four things and then we'll get going into each of them on their on their own. Okay, the post box, I think we in our very first talk about pack line, we we had a diagram that showed what that is. But just just think of the area around the blocks in the in the lower part of the lane as what we would describe as the post box. And we want to keep the ball out of there using a little bit of three quarter fronting um, with post defense. Keep the ball out of there. Of course, the 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 things we talked about with the, with the helping in the gaps and things like that is to keep it from getting into that post box via the dribble. But today, we'll you know three quarter fronting. We'll talk about you know when the ball is entered in the post box, it's, it's going to happen. We're not going to keep it out of there all night long or all season long. That they're going to enter that they're going to enter the post when it when it does get into that post box via post entry. Our mission then becomes is to get it out of there and and obviously secondary to to not giving up a layup but but get the ball out of there when when it's when the ball is entered into the post box walling up simply refers to sort of keep if the ball is entered into the post and you're caught behind the the uh the the postman who who received the entry kind of forming uh i call it thumbs and ears put your thumbs in your ears and get your hands up and 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 use your chest and body to sort of create a wall between ball and and basket so with, with your with your body and your size and so yeah, and and keep that wall moving as the player makes um, post moves and things like that. So choking the post refers to when the defender of the feeder, 
So if I'm guarding the guy who feeds the post and my teammate who's on post defense is, is, is caught behind, I might choke, sort of squeeze that space between the feeder and the, and the postman by, by sort of choking down the space with the post, kind of stunting or jabbing at the post. Not quite a full double team with the, with the feeder's defender, but just, just taking away some of the space. If he wants to turn towards the middle, I'm kind of choking down to take away that middle turn, things like that. Um, but it's it's just getting a little help from the feeder's defender to, to to close some space, maybe swipe at the ball if a big, you know, brings it down too far or something like that. But but not quite a double team, but just a little stunt and a little space closure from the feeder's defender. And post traps, we'll look at examples of those. Where if the ball, if maybe we're playing an exceptional post player who who's a real problem, so we 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 want to get the ball out of that post box, we're going to make them a passer and, and take away their ability to score by double teaming with with typically Virginia to refer to them does it with their other postman. So I mean, you think traditional one two three four five, maybe fives on post defense four would be the double teamer and vice versa. If four was on post defense, five might be the double teamers. Um, now, those are the four components I think we're going to explore today. First week, I, I suggested coaches, if you don't do this already, that you put down the lines that we have here on the mm -hmm. screen, whether that's your pack line, putting down the dashed line, or even marking off the post box, just to really help players kind of visualize that. Yep. I think one of the benefits too of if you really teach your players well to deny and eliminate any catches there in that post box, it really does shrink the floor because if everyone else is doing their job, you've eliminated essentially the corners, the top two corners of the court. Mm -hmm. And then you're also eliminated whatever option they have to throw it into the post box. Mm -hmm. That limits what the offense can do. Yeah, with just basically kinda... the, the middle, middle third of the floor there, which is why I felt like it really helped our team that wasn't very athletic. Mm -hmm. It shrunk the floor and it gave us a better chance when we were playing with not as athletic and shorter players. Yeah, that, that's one of the better explanations that I've heard. So I'm glad you shared that of sort of like your defensive spacing. Like like we, we think of spacing in terms of offense, but in defense, the commandment is to restrict space, right? So, you know, offense wants to expand and use space. Defense wants to restrict space. And all these things like, you know, using the post box and, and not allowing catches there and your stance angle that we talked about in previous episodes, like, that's, a, that's an excellent explanation of, of restricting space with your defense. All right, let's go ahead and do talk about walling up here. Okay. Uh, show it through some video and then maybe break down some. Yeah, of just before you play points. the video, the, the photo there is a really good example, like the, the, the thumbnail of the YouTube. You can see he's beginning to raise his arm, gets thumbs and ears, and is kind of using his chest, his torso, if you will, to, to sort of uh, wall up the, 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 uh, the defender with the ball there, or the offensive player with the ball there. All right. So, yeah. So here we're caught behind. But one thing you'll see him immediately sort of pop back, put thumbs and ears. And, you know, the big thing, he's showing the official his hand. So he's not getting going to, you know, he's not risking getting a, a, a slap down call on him or something like that. Um, the big thing that I, I note is just how active his feet are. And he's not. And, and as the guy's making moves and trying to go up and under, um, I think the teaching phrase Virginia uses is be a wall on wheels. So like I've got my hands up and as the guy's trying to make moves, I'm just sort of like like moving that wall um, to stay between ball and basket. Showing the official my hands and just trying to wall up and be and be big and, and tough to score over. 
and tough to turn around on. A couple of things that I notice, I've communicated it to players and it seems to have helped is to teach them to get in that big X position, big the X, wider yeah. that your legs can get without limiting your mobility, like you just yeah. said. Then also getting your arms big and wide as well allows you to be hard to spin off of. For mm-hmm. some reason, a lot of post defenders will go narrow and that's when they get spun off or of. Start, or start um, leaning and, and putting body weight and then you just, the, the, a good defender just uses that for leverage. Yeah. The Virginia players you notice are, they're vertical. There is mm-hmm. no leaning forwards. There's really even no like banging. Any kind of banging is coming into them. They don't even give the guy much space. I mean, they do go chest to chest to shoulder with a lot of these guys. I don't know if anybody remembers back like Duke had a guy, Sheldon Williams. He was an incredible shot blocker. And I think one of the things that really helped him was the fact that his hands were already prepared up nice and high. And most post players don't play like that for some reason. Yeah. Um, I think it helps you, prepares you to rebound a basketball. It helps mm-hmm. you to contest the shot. I noticed that. That was another key point is that they don't actually go narrow, but they'll try to contest and block the shot with one hand. They don't, they, they'll jump. You've got that infinite from the ground to the ceiling thing. So you can avoid fouls. There's just like a, a lot of positives that come by just teaching those few small micro skills. Yeah, and if you look at it from the offense perspective, which which is just something I can't help but do, and a lot of the the shots in these clips end up being because of the physicality of the Virginia defenders, they're holding their space, using their torso to wall up. A guy ends up taking a contested turnaround two-point shot outside the paint. That's like the lowest analytic shot you can design. Okay, next one here. Let's go ahead and talk about choking the post here. So moving on to the next one. Yeah, so here you're going to see that the defender guarding the, the the guard who feeds the post, sort of using a little bit of, of stunting and timely swipes and things like that to to disrupt the the post player's move. So yeah, so there there we've got a guy walled up. The ball's been entered into the post, and the, and the guy guarding double zero, the the, the feeder, going to choke down a little bit. Yeah, so see how he kind of just chokes down, and he's there to just sort of pester the guy. A little subtle teaching point that I don't I don't see Virginia doing, but I, I it was something I picked up along the way on that when you're choking the post or digging like you called it is dig with your palm up rather than palm down and sort of like think of like because that, that's sometimes going to get a foul called on you or guys brings the ball up through and you're swiping down. But sometimes if you'll just dig in there with palm up and a postman will bring the ball down and bring the ball right to your hand. And you just pop it up and, and dislodge it that way. This is not necessarily, I mean, you can call it a small side of game if you want to, but we will sometimes, this is an early on drill that we'll use. So just with two on two, we'll have a coach enter the ball into the post. And then on the catch, we may mm-hmm. choke the post. Um, you could even use this. We'll talk in a minute about like doubling the post. If you want to kind of go practice doubling the post, depending on where you're sending your doubler from, but. Just making sure that, like you said, you're checking for that they're not over committing sometimes. Like you don't want to go dig or even go all the way down too far and leave a good shooter open out there. That was one thing that our, our guys sometimes struggled with. They'd get too aggressive on the digs or the chokes, and it would lead to a long closeout and an open three for the offense. Yeah. So just checking their position. You can also check the post defender to make sure he's walling up with the right technique and then just play live two on two in a seven second session or something mm-hmm. like that and flip it you got an easy small side of game there yeah and on from the offense perspective we could work on post technique and enter and relocate a good a good concept just general offensive concept if i enter the post don't don't stay where i entered it from move you know 
if the guy is choked down and then I've relocated somewhere, maybe he turns his head and I'm not where he left me. So I could get an inside out kick out that way. So yeah, you're working offense and defense here, punishing a team that maybe gets a little overcommittal with choking and double teaming. So in the last post traps, what should they look like and how should we play out of them? Man, I think this is probably the most just beautiful thing to watch them do when they when they're on with this and 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 really commit to it. Yeah, the post traps just sort of brings it all together. The on ball defender, the the post defender, the way I taught post doubles. If I'm the on ball defender, and I know we we've got in the game plan or something, we're going to double this guy when he gets it in the post, or this girl when they get it in the post. The on ball defender is just don't let him turn baseline. The trapper is don't let him turn middle. So like he tries to drop step baseline and he turns right back into that double teamer. And, and uh, you know, we form a, a really tight post trap. And again, the mission is when the ball got in the post box, get it out. This is a nine one one emergency. And if it's a really good player, a good big guy that they, they our opponent has, we want to get it out. Or, you know, you're, what you're doing is if maybe, also, is you're forcing a guy who probably doesn't do a lot of passing and seeing and assessing the floor have to be a passer out of a double team, have to find skip passes and cutters and things like that. That you know, when you put two on the ball, someone's open, but you're you're making a guy who's not used to finding finding open teammates out of a double team make that decision. And to your point, I think Virginia makes it even harder on that guy when they send the other big, who then obviously because of his height, and then you put your arms up in the air, makes it even taller really takes away vision for that post player. Yeah, so, man, they spring these. Their timing is good. These are all quintessential examples. Yeah, and the timing, he you can tell he knew it was his job, and he's just kind of waiting on it to go in there. And, they and you know, it's important you see the two labels on the screen there that, the, the you know, we get nail and rim from the, the, off, the players outside of that trap, too. And yeah, the timing of these. And, again, they, they, they don't really stay on it too long you know they kind of get on it and get off i think traditional post uh pack line post defense if you take a dribble away would you take a dribble away you take a dribble yeah like you that calls off the double the ball's not in the post box now he dribbled out of that space yeah and really key having the guy that's protecting the rim dropping down to the front of the arc there so that you can take away any cutters and then also so you don't get cut back door on the weak side here and they go right away and they go quick they know it's coming. They they know and they're well drilled, I'm sure, at this and approach with your hands high. So you you know, if mm-hmm. the guy feels it and he turns and he feels you coming, you've already got your hands high, so you can uh, maybe get a deflection that might force one of these interceptions we're seeing here. And here's Wisconsin, they always have a good big, so you know that the double team plan was was in there. And now both guys kind of show that wall on wheels technique of of a big X thumbs and ears, you know, using your torso to close down that space. Another point I would say that like absolute just, just cannot do is if we get a guy in a post trap, we've closed all the space. We're belly button to belly button. Like don't foul, like Mm -hmm. don't slap down. You know, this is, this is a real disadvantageous spot for the offenses. Don't let them off the hook. Like they're going to turn it over. They're going to, we're going to get a deflection turnover, convert defense to offense. Don't foul on a trap. Um, anything else here at the end? I- Absolutely. I'd say on on the two things that we talked about, the choking and the and the post traps, the post doubles, it, timing is everything. You know, we, we're with that post double, we want to kind of have an element of surprise where the, the player who, who we just entered it into 
kind of turns himself into trouble because we, we spring this trap on him with good timing, the choking, same thing, good timing, you know, don't overcommit. And, and I think it's something that you work on daily and just sort of let players get a feel for, you know, like you talked about not getting too man or ball conscious and, and on the timing of the traps, just, just springing it like right, right at that right time, just take some practice. And I would say too, that like, one thing that, you know, I have a little experience with Dublin in the post coaching that, that I noticed as we did it was, was the, the turnover that we're hoping to elicit is probably not going to come from one of the two guys on the ball. So like I had to kind of like, I, in my case, the, 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 the young, the young women I coached, like keep them from, we're, we're not sending you to trap to steal it. So, you know, easy with the slapping and the, and the reaching and all that. We're just sitting you on a trap to take away vision and and make this player pass out of a double team now i do want those hands up and if we can get a tip a deflection coming out of that then that just that man we're off to the races probably on with a deflection you know what i wanted to do and i'm keeping stats is deflection steal deflection steal deflection steal so we bring the post trap one of those two trappers with hands high gets a little cap on the ball and we we scoop and score for anyone that's coached Packline, you know, I think the biggest thing that I hear from Packline coaches, very hard to generate turnovers and steals out of it. Post defense with traps is one of the easiest ways to to jump those back up. Like you said, it's not necessarily the doubler who's going to even get the steal, but that deflection and then the guard getting on the perimeter may generate you, you know, two or three more turnovers a game that you wouldn't necessarily get just running regular Packline defense. So, yeah. Super. I know I said this once, but I say it again, don't foul on the trap. Don't foul on the trap. Like that's a very vulnerable position for the offense. Don't let's don't let them off the hook. We can maybe get get him in trap for five seconds. Get him, you know, get deflection turnover. Like don't foul. That's difficult too, because you're coming down with such speed that and they're they're aggressive and they want to get to it. Uh overshooting it too. So even if you don't commit the foul, I've had some that end up pushing mm -hmm. a player out of the wrong right position which leaves somebody wide open. So just making sure that you're, it's almost like a closeout, right? Yeah. Choppy feet. So maybe chop yeah. down into it. Bring, approach hands. it, approach it aggressively, but under control, hands high. Yeah. Appreciate all of you who joined us this week. Before we go, we just want to tell you about our sponsors over at Sideline Interactive. If you're looking to increase your school's revenue or improve the look of your gym, Sideline Interactive, they're the leading manufacturers and scoring tables and video display boards at high schools and colleges around the country. To find out more about Sideline Interactive and what they can do for your program, visit sidelineinteractive.com. Again, for the full episodes of this, make sure that you go to YouTube, type in Radius Athletics, and if you type in Packline, you'll find all of the episodes that we've had here on the Packline defense. It's been a fun series to kind of dive into. If you have something I know as the basketball season approaches and you start preparing your teams, there may be a topic that you want us to discuss. And thinking about this too, Randy, maybe we even have maybe one or two people on here with us and sure. um, they can ask live questions or contribute some to it. After all, it is hoops form, so we can maybe uh, introduce a couple more people into it. Absolutely. Randy, really appreciate you joining us and for all the insights you've given. Talk to you again next week on Hoops Form. <laughs>